They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just want to fill some gaps in my diet and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting. Like the, the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste. So I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste. So that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we're sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited to have our first second time guest back, Danielle. She was the mom from episode five. She had three, now three, completely different birth stories. And her perspective this time around is really unique because she gave birth during the current pandemic in a hospital and was able to achieve the natural birth that she wanted with some concessions, which everyone in life right now is kind of conceding on some, in some ways. We all know that life is not what we planned and we all have to be flexible, unfortunately. And Danielle was able to still achieve the natural birth that she wanted. So we were really excited that she came back to share her story. Yeah, she definitely didn't get the birth story that she was hoping for, which is obviously very unfortunate, but there were, you know, there were some difficult parts of her labor and she really did her best to remain positive and focus on the parts that she was able to control. A quick side note before we get started, don't forget to take a quick picture of you listening to today's episode so we can see what you guys are doing when when you're listening. Tag us in an Instagram story and we will be sure to repost it. And if you aren't already, follow along on Instagram. Go ahead and follow us at Birth Naturally. I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth, like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, 
natural childbirth the Bradley way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birth naturally for 30 days free. Welcome back, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me again. (laughs) For listeners who did not hear your first episode, which was episode five, why don't you just give us a quick rundown about you and your family? Okay, so my name is Danielle. Um, I'm married to Jay. Um, We have three kids now, Owen, who is seven, Nora, who's three, and then Dylan, who is a month old today. Oh, congratulations on that brand new little guy. We were so excited. We wanted you were pregnant last time we talked to you and we had said to you to reach back out to us and share your birth story. And you have a unique perspective because you gave birth to Dylan during the whole COVID-19 pandemic and you gave birth in a hospital, correct? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So how towards the end of your pregnancy how did your care did your care change at all with your with your doctor um yes and no um mine specifically didn't um I mean they weren't letting um any spouses come to appointments but my husband wasn't coming to appointments anyway Mm -hmm. um but every time I went to an appointment they had new rules for the hospital. Like I kept getting a different paper every time where it was more strict and more strict, which was really giving me anxiety. And um, I really thought he was like from, my daughter was born at 39 weeks and two days. So from like 38 weeks, I thought like, okay, he's going to be here any day now. (laughs) And things kept getting stricter. And I was like, well, he's going to be here. It's going to be fine. Um, And then I went past my due date. Oh no. (laughs) Not the best time for that to happen, right? No. And right when, like, right when I was like 39 weeks is when all the schools closed Mm. and everything started shutting down. And I was like, I really don't want to deliver in a hospital. I, but at that point it's, (laughs) I was really close to when I was going to have the baby and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to find a home birth midwife. So I was really considering it, doing it unassisted. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, but my husband was not on board with that. So yeah. I think going to be <laughs> you fine. Give him like a week to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So I was like, okay, it's fine. I'll go to the hospital. Well, so at my 41-week appointment, um, no, at my 40-week appointment, they wanted to schedule an induction, um, which I was like, okay, just to appease them, I'll schedule it, whatever. But he's going to come before that. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, then he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> With things getting continuously more strict, and I was hearing about hospitals in New York not allowing um, any support person, not a spouse, not anybody. Um, and we're in Pennsylvania, so close enough to to New York that I was not comfortable with. Yeah, the were changing. Yeah. So I I was like, okay, maybe I'll I'll get induced. So I was supposed to be induced. Um, it was I guess March thirty first. Um, so I was forty one and two. And when I went to my appointment the day before, I was like, you know, I just want to give them a couple more days. Can I schedule it? I wanted to schedule it at 42 and one because I didn't do them on weekends that I was 42 weeks on a Sunday. And my doctor was 
he was just as supportive as they had all been throughout my whole pregnancy. They were like, you know, we really don't like you to go over 42 weeks. Um, so with everything going on, I was like, okay, you know what? I'll cave, but can we push it out a couple more days? I, he's going to come on his own. I know he's going to come. So I scheduled it, um, for, uh, April 2nd and I was 42 and four. Um, or I'm sorry, 40, 41 weeks and four days. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the night before I was so convinced he was, he was going to come, but he did not. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's uh that's a long time to go. Like while you're waiting for this baby to come, you're like any day, any day. <laughs> yeah. Especially cause I was expecting him early. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I had a similar situation with my third baby. So I know. And they do say like third babies, you, you can't predict when they're going to come. You, you, you expect them to be, you know, fall in line with the others, but they tend to just do their own thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what everyone kept telling me. Oh, the third one's a curveball. Yeah, he certainly was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you went in to get induced after all of that, which I'm sure was very disappointing. <laughs> yes. I, yes, it was very disappointing. Um, it was a very, weird experience. Um, it, mm-hmm. like you almost expect that it's going to be like people that have had like planned C-sections that I've talked to, they say it's like such a nicer experience cause you can plan for it. And mm-hmm. as a planner, I was like, okay, well this, uh, it might not be so bad. It was very eerie just to start with. Like it was not, yeah, it just felt wrong. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see what you mean, especially when you're used to it, starting with, you know, contractions or your water breaking, like it's, right. Totally different experience. Um, Were you feeling anxious or? Yes. Yeah. Um, I I did not want to be there. And then we walk in and of course everyone has masks on. Mm -hmm. Um, Right Mm -hmm. there, that felt uncomfortable. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And then I'm told that there was no midwife on the schedule. So it was all OBs for my practice. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have a, there was not going to be a midwife there. Mm -hmm. Um, the OB that was on call for the day was one of the only ones in the practice I hadn't met yet. Oh my gosh. Um, so then luckily, so we got there at six. Um, and right away I'm like pacing around the room and I'm telling my husband, I'm like, I feel like a caged animal. I don't like this. I'm so uncomfortable. I want to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's okay. Like we're here. Like, come on, we got to do this. And I was like, if, if they check me and I'm not favorable for the induction, we're going home. I'm not letting them start this and set me up for a C-section. I was so upset. <laughs> you know, I did, I did the same thing with my induction. I was, I got there and I was like, you know what? I'm going home. Like I'm, I'm, I, it felt wrong. I, that's how I described and it what, too. I mean, like, can they, felt- do they make you go through with it? I mean, how can they make you no. go through with this? Like they can't, but they'll say like, you need to be back by, you know, their their day that they pick by 40 and then you what know, happens if someone just refuses that's you know in my mind yeah, there's I'm sure there's women who are like I am not going to be induced um yeah they can't refuse service to you I don't like they can't say if you come in in labor when you're 42 and one day what are they gonna say to no go exactly. home <laughs> oh and that's what I, was, I was very on like I was about to say like you know what forget it I want to I'm not I was about to not even go in Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay, but what if a couple of days from now they change the policies in the hospital and yeah. can't be there? What right. if it's a week later and I still have to be induced, but now he can't be here. So mm-hmm. with all of that added with the possibility of him not being there, I felt like I had no choice, but really yeah. a good start. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. 
Um, um, and when you, since you were going to be induced, and I'm sure you've heard that induction makes, you know, contractions much harder. Were you open to the possibility, like, okay, if I need to in this situation, like, I'm open to getting an epidural or whatever? Um, in the back of my head, I was like, if it gets really, really bad, and it comes to like, I have to have an epidural, or I'm going to end up with a C-section because I'm not mm-hmm. progressing. I was open to it in that case, but I, that was the one thing that I was so against. I absolutely did not want the epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, and I, my husband was really on board with that and he was really helpful. Cause at one point I was like, I think I want the epidural. And he was like, no, you don't, you can do it. You can get through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you had prepared your whole pregnancy to do this naturally. Yes. So I'm sure you were pretty like, you know, you're sticking with it. <laughs> yes. yes. I will. And then, so they had, they checked me. Um, and I was, I was already three centimeters, three centimeters dilated. I think like 70 or 50% effaced. Um, and I think I I forget what this, the station was, but so I I was favorable for induction. Um, and they said they would only have to do Pitocin, which of course was on my birth plan that I didn't want, but I Mm -hmm. now had no choice. Um, so that was the first thing off my birth plan. And then I had to have an IV because I had the Pitocin. So that was another thing off my birth plan. And then then the doctor came in to see me after I started Pitocin and she's looking over my birth plan. I wanted to delay cord clamping. Um, I forget there was a couple other things and she was like, Oh no, well we can't do that. Well, that's against hospital policy. Well, I really, she, she said they would not delay cord clamping more than a minute per the NICU. She goes, well, I can have someone from the NICU come talk to you. And I was like, well, is it going to change anything? She was like, no, but they can explain it to you. And I was like, well, at that point, don't waste anybody else's time. If you're going to, and at this point, I'm already being induced. Like I'm already having contractions and hooked up to everything. And then they're telling me they're not going to delay cord clipping. So at that point, I was already very upset about the entire situation. And I I was just like, fine, what whatever. Okay. Gotta go with the flow at this point. Right. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. And they were, when I, had, I gave them my birth plan, I think at like 28 weeks and there was never an issue with it. Like really? Yeah. Why not? Why not discuss that with like, you? Uh, you know, my friend over and I, there was, there was no issue with it at that point. And then all of a sudden I'm strapped in and mm-hmm. stuck. And now ever nothing is going as it's nothing going to plan, as everyone says, when you have a birth plan. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I know. And you really got, you like prepared yourself. And that's, I, I can imagine that was really disappointing. So the one thing that I had left was not having an epidural. And I was like, I'm sticking to it. I'm, that's yeah. the one thing I have left. Seriously. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So did contractions start right away? How did that go once I got, yeah. gave you the Pitocin? They started um, very short, like within a half hour, maybe even less than that. Um, And at first they were fine. Like my husband and I were playing Uno and we were like um, Mm -hmm. joking around and like watching Netflix and everything was great. And then, then they started getting more painful and they kept coming in and like upping the Pitocin. And Mm -hmm. I did ask, I was like, is there a point that you can like check and see if my body's kind of taken over and take me off the Pitocin? Mm-hmm. And they were, the nurse said they would not take, they would not like disconnect the Pitocin, but they would stop like upping the dose. Okay. So I was not happy with that, but I was like, okay, fine. So we got up to 10 units per whatever. That was the highest we went with the Pitocin. Um, 
and they were pretty painful. I spent most of my time, um, on the yoga ball, just like kind of like bouncing, mm-hmm. um, because I was, the other thing I wanted was to not be stuck in bed, which is the reason I didn't want the epidural, but right. I was still attached to yeah. the, the cord. So I couldn't, and they also, they wouldn't let me, um, they wanted consistent monitoring. I wanted intermittent monitoring. Mm. So I was just hooked up to everything the whole time. So I'm stuck in one little section of the room. We weren't allowed to walk the hallway because of everything going on with the coronavirus. So we had this room stuck there. And then with all the IV fluids, I had to get up and pee like every five minutes. (laughs) Um, but they, I was able, like what really helped me was counting through them. Um, so I would kind of just like pause everything and I would count until it was over. And then eventually got to a point where I was in so much pain, I couldn't even count. So I said to my husband, like, if I like grab your arm, start counting for me. Um, this is what's going to help me. <laughs> and we actually yeah. talked to someone a couple of weeks ago who did that same thing and it really helped her too. Yeah. And I actually, I hadn't even like heard that anywhere. Like I was just like, well, if I can't count, I need someone else to. So at a, a couple of times I even snapped at him cause I couldn't like reach him. <laughs> so I just started snapping. <laughs> he would just did a lot of counting that day. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. He was really great. That's, that's funny because that's something that just brought me back to my, my second, I did the counting thing too. And I had never heard it. I just like instinctively it sounded yeah. yeah it seemed like something like okay there's an end point to count it like I mean you could count and fin- like to infinity obviously but you're not going to so once you would get to this number and you would be like okay we're yeah, good it's now you know? it's, yeah it's gonna get better from here <laughs> yeah that's really funny well that's at funny. least um you were able to be out of the bed I mean that is a plus yes <laughs> not having that epidural least, even though you were confined to your small little room it's better than being stuck in bed, I would assume. Yes, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, <laughs> so once it started getting really painful, um, did I? the next time they came in, I asked them to check me. And I think I was only like five centimeters at that point. Like maybe they were like, well, maybe a six. Mm-hmm. And I was getting really discouraged by this point because I had been in – induced labor for several hours. I think this was around like 2 PM. Um, and I wasn't really like progressing as much. They were like, well, you're almost in active labor. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Active labor, but almost in it. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it was like contractions with Pitocin, like there was no like real break in between them. Like I was having, like when I had my daughter, the really painful contractions, um, that were close together didn't come until she was about to be born. Right. I was having really close together contractions the whole time. They just started increasing in intensity and pain. So like I wasn't getting a break in between them really. Wow. Oh Um, man. That sounds tough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, so I was getting really discouraged, um, but they, they did ask about like rupturing my membranes. And that was another thing that I was really against. Um, I did not want to have artificial um, rupture of my membranes. Um, and the doctor was like, well, I don't like to let them rupture naturally when you're pushing because 
they could explode in my face. And at that point I was what? throwing on I was like, I hope they do explode in your face. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hope they do. Oh so I was my very gosh. about you're not going to artificially rupture them. They will but she was like, Well, like right when I'm about to deliver, she wanted to rupture them. So I was like, fine, yeah. whatever. Like if it's that, like, that's so bizarre. Like you're a, like an OBGYN, like that's, that's part, like mm-hmm. the membranes rupturing are sort of part of your, uh, you know, it's like a messy job. <laughs> yeah. Like it happens. Like if you don't like it, maybe you should buy a new job. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. She, wow. she definitely wanted things her way. Um, cause the other, wow. the other thing she was against, I have put that I wanted to deliver in any position that felt comfortable at the time. And she was like, well, what do you mean mm-hmm. by that? Like, what positions are you thinking of? Because I don't want you on your hands and knees. What? And I was like, well, I was like, well, I don't know what position because I, I've only delivered on my back. I just know I don't want to deliver on my back. And she was like, she said, she won't do hands and knees because if the shoulder gets stuck, it's too difficult to like flip you over to get the baby out and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's just like, it's all like, they just want to do whatever's convenient for them. Right. Right. Wow. What is best for me? I mean, how hard, like your husband could just flip you over. It's not that difficult. Right. Exactly. Don't they say to get on your hands and knees if there is shoulder dystocia? Isn't that like the best position to be in? That's what I thought, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And this is, you said this was the only OB that you hadn't met with? One of the few that I had not met. There might have been one or two others that I hadn't met. So So that's disappointing to get one that you hadn't met and then also doesn't seem that great. Yeah. Um, The the nurse was wonderful, though. She was very, um, like, she knew how upset I was with everything, um, with the doctor going against everything. Because she read my birth plan first, and I think she kind of knew what the doctor was going to say. So mm-hmm. she was like prepared to be like sympathetic for me. Um, she was very helpful. Um, so if I guess it was probably around like four o'clock. So from like two to four, I was just in so much pain. Like I went and like, I laid in the bed and was just like holding this, squeezing the sides of the bed, um, like barely talking. Um, and then around four o'clock when they came in to check me, I had only progressed a little bit more. Like I was maybe like a six or a seven. Um, and the baby's head was lower, but it's still like, it could have been, I'm thinking I'm going to be in labor for hours longer at this point. Um, so I asked for, um, state all cause I was like, I just, I need a break. Like if I'm going to have mm-hmm. to keep doing mm-hmm. this, I just need a little bit of relief to gain some energy back to be able to keep going. Cause they also didn't let me eat. Um, oh, no. because of like, the induction, everything. And mm-hmm. that was another thing that I had on my birth plan. I wanted to be able to eat. And I, I brought food with me and I kept saying like, I'm, I'm going to eat something when they leave the room. I'm gonna eat <laughs> and I should have, I, I was about to like at 10 o'clock. I was like, I'm starving. Like I'm really oh. hungry. Um, so around four ish, maybe four 30, they gave me the state all. And that like, I really kind of wish I hadn't taken the state all because I was just really out of it at that point oh really oh, that's... I was still in a lot of pain but I was like falling asleep <laughs> oh my god wow it, it helped a little bit because I was like out of it <laughs> oh my gosh really what was going on um but it didn't help with the pain but I was able to relax a little bit so mm-hmm. I was just 
kind of like laying in bed and like my husband was getting concerned because I was kind of like in and out, like dozing off. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm sure that could be a little bit like scary. Yeah. Um, so then I, so he, he was born at 535. So they wanted the state all to be given at least an hour before he was born. So we were really cutting it close. I did not think he was that close. Um, <laughs> But because I was so out of it, um, I like all of a sudden felt like a lot of pressure. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this really, really hurts. Um, And I'm thinking this is, it's just increasing in intensity and it's going to go on for a while longer because I was only at like six or seven centimeters. Right. Um, Well, they came and checked me and he was coming. (laughs) Oh my gosh. At least it, it jumped quickly from when they said like, you're starting active labor to me actually delivering. Um, Wow. Yeah. You're, it seems like your transition goes like super quick. (laughs) Luckily. Because I was laying in, I was already laying in the bed. um, Like they just kind of put my legs up in stirrups. And at that point I was like, whatever that I guess I'm delivering on my back again, but I was in so much pain. I don't think I could have put myself into a different position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, at that it. point, it's so hard. Yeah. There was literally no break <laughs> oh from the contractions. Like it was just, they, they didn't stop. It felt like, um, so I started pushing and like, didn't even like realize that I was pushing. I was just trying to relieve some of the, like the pressure, right. um, and everything. Um, so all of a sudden, like I, so as they're getting everything ready, they're getting all the stuff they need. They all put on like plastic, like face masks, like over their whole faces, um, mm-hmm. in addition to oh. the regular mask, which nobody prepared me for, um, which like, I guess I understood cause they didn't want like any extra exposure with the baby, yeah. but but to give you a, a warning, dis- maybe. Right. Yeah. It would have been nice to know they were going to do that because all of a sudden everyone in the room has these like big like visor masks on. Yeah, and you're like, what's going on? Kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's a little crazy. Yeah. Um. So I wanted, like one of my goals was to like work with like the fetal ejection reflex and make sure that he came out like at a good pace so I didn't tear. Uh-huh. Um, and in the moment that was just all gone, I was like, I need this baby out. I <laughs> oh, no. so much pain and I pushed way harder than I should have. Um, like I could feel that I was like, just like, I was like, my body's ripping. I can tell, but like, oh, pre- no. and they were like, his head's like a third of the way out. And I was like, only a third. I thought his whole head was out. <laughs> I feel like that's always the case. You're like, oh, he's that push, like definitely, like they're out, and they're like, no, not yet. (laughs) So, yeah. Then he finally came out. Um, They put him on my chest, but there had been meconium in the water, um, just like with my daughter. But he was overdue, so I kind of expected that to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So they left him on my chest for the minute until they cut the cord, and then they took him over to the warmer, um, and like. I guess like cleared out his airways and everything. Um, and then, um, I delivered the placenta and I only had like a mild second degree tear luckily. Um, and they, I did tell them about, um, like my worries with the stitches. Um, and I, as far as I know, they were pretty careful, um, and didn't (laughs) overstitch. Um, 
So, and since then, like everything seems to be healing well. So I think they were, they at least respected that, which was very important to me. Yeah. Um, um, and then when I, when they gave him back to me, like he, he, I tried to, um, breastfeed and he latched pretty much right away. Um, he's been a great nurser. Oh, that's awesome. So he was seven pounds, 14.8 ounces. And he was, he was, yeah, almost eight pounds and he was 20 and a quarter inches. Oh, my biggest baby, (laughs) (laughs) but really not that big, like considering he's like almost two weeks overdue. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Wow. So how has postpartum been? It's been really good. Um, he's a great baby. Um, from the, we came home after 24 hours, um, because they were trying to get everybody out and home. Um, so the first night home, he was like up every couple hours, but maybe when he was like three or four days old, he's been sleeping six hour stretches. Wow. He is an amazing sleeper. Oh my gosh. That is really awesome. (laughs) Consider yourself lucky. Yeah, you're probably feeling really good. That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) And have your, how has it been with your other kids and the baby? They've been really good. Um, they absolutely love him. Um, and they've been very like <laughs> gentle with him. Like they're not very gentle with each other, but they're very gentle with him. <laughs> oh, that's so Aww. sweet. And how, so I guess there were no visitors, I assume, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Have you has your family met met him yet or what how's that going? So um our in-laws, my, my in-laws, my husband's parents are local. Um, my parents live like an hour and a half away. So, um, my husband's parents like drove by and kind of saw him from afar, um, after a couple of days of being home. Um, but they met him last weekend and then my mom met him yesterday. Oh, oh. that must've been so hard for them not to meet their little grandbaby yeah. right away. Yes. Like, <laughs> Seriously. And and also for you, because I mean, when you're, when you have a new baby, you're used to people coming and sitting with you and holding the baby and to not have that must be kind of difficult. You know, it was, it was a very different experience. Um, luckily, um, I'm part of a, a mom's group. So they were going to do a meal train for me. Um, and they were still able to do that. They all did, um, like meal delivery. So like delivery services, Oh, that's um, nice. That was really helpful and kind of helped feel like, helped me feel like I was still like connected to a community, um, yeah. that people were still like caring, um, yeah. and a little bit of like normalcy. And then it definitely helped that we didn't have to make dinner those nights. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Those kinds of things, those, those connections postpartum are so important, you know, just having, just talking to something like an adult when you're yeah. sitting there, whatever the things that we take for granted when you're, you know, when you have a new baby, that's absolutely, that's something that, that people probably don't think about with women that are having babies right mm-hmm. now. You know, it's, it's a very different experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes. <laughs> I can't, I can't, believe like that this was the experience that I had I didn't think that I would give birth during a pandemic like that was just 
never could have planned for that one. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like no. you really couldn't have planned for much of your birth at all. How are you feeling since it hasn't, since it didn't really go at all how you were hoping and expecting? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely still disappointed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I After that experience, I like this was our last baby anyway. But after Mm -hmm. that experience, I was, it really affirmed, like, I don't want to have another baby if it could end up like this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And because I've, I've given each three of my births were very different. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, there's really only one way left for me to give birth, which would be a C-section. So I don't want to risk it because that's what's going to end up happening with a fourth. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I, I'm glad that I did not cave on the epidural because I think I would have been very disappointed in myself mm-hmm. um, had I done that. But that was the most important thing to me. And I stuck with it and got through it. And I, yeah, so good for you. I, I'm proud of myself for that, which kind of like be. made up for the rest of the birth. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, the rest of it was so out of your control too. Mm-hmm. And especially during this time when it's like there's there's so much fear and I think there's already fear when women are in the hospital and you're in a vulnerable position mm-hmm. for you to be able to stand your ground a little, like and and hold on to some things that you wanted and achieve that. That's the best that outcome that you could ask for in a really kind of crap time. <laughs> yes. you know? Wow. Yeah. That is a quite an interesting story. <laughs> I'm just happy that your baby and you are both healthy. Thank you. Yes, me too. <laughs> and hopefully yeah. all of your family will get to meet him soon. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Danielle, for coming back on and sharing your second birth story with us. The third baby, second birth story we've heard. <laughs> thank you very much for having me again. Wow. What a story. We really appreciate Danielle taking the time to share this unique experience with us, even with a brand new baby. We hope that you are enjoying our episodes, and if you are, please take a second to write us a review on iTunes. We absolutely love seeing your responses to our podcast, and we try to share them all on our Instagram. Thanks, guys, and until next time.